His control over the country is tightening. The Communist Party Congress in China last weekend rubber-stamping an unprecedented third term for President Xi Jinping. Some are even comparing his rule to that of the late Chairman Mao. China is facing major economic woes. Major cities continue to face tight COVID lockdowns, and protests have broken out across the country, and Taiwan is on the edge. Bob Fu recently said the Communist Party has launched a war against the cross, outlawing its public display countrywide. The party has labeled the cross a national security threat and began a cross demolition campaign. Bob and his wife escaped China after he spent time in prison for his faith. He now runs an organization to help Christians in China. He remembers how Christianity was allowed to grow the past few decades. That is, until now. Let's pray for those who are suffering in China. May they make Christ known in these troubling times. Welcome to Haven Today. I'm Charles Morris, sharing with you the great story that's all about Jesus. And on this Thursday, we're in a series called Nobody Wins Alone. Because we are so far removed from the culture that the Bible was written in, sometimes we miss things that would have been absolutely shocking to those who lived during those times. We read the story of the prodigal son as a heartwarming story of redemption and grace, don't we? A young man decides to take his share of the family fortune, the inheritance. He runs away. He squanders it. The trust fund runs out. He fell into severe poverty, even resorting to sharing meals with pigs out of a trough because he had no money to buy food and no place to live. But when he decided to return home, his father welcomed him back with open arms. That is a story about triumph, a triumph of grace, or at least that's how we think of it today. But those who heard it back in the first century would not have heard it that way at first. They heard it as a story about a father violating cultural customs and traditions, about a son who stole from his older brother, about an older brother who didn't get treated fairly. Back in that day, the firstborn son was the most important child. He was the one entitled to the greatest share of the inheritance. He would inherit the family business or vocation. So when they heard a story about a second-born taking his inheritance early and then coming back and getting an enormous party thrown for him, they understood that as the father taking from the firstborn. They saw that as the younger stealing from the older. They saw it as an injustice. It's only in light of Christ and the reality that grace comes for the least of these that we can begin to understand the power behind that story. And it's only then that we can see that the older brother needed grace too. He was doing his best to live rightly in his family, but his anger revealed that he believed he alone was worthy of his father's affection and celebration. We can see ourselves in both sons, I think. The Bible is full of stories like this, stories that would have been shocking to those who first heard them and stories that show us the Lord's kindness and his compassion for the younger, 
the seemingly less important, the underdogs, as we've been calling them. And I can't think of a better story than a story from the Old Testament. We might think of it as the Old Testament version of the prodigal son. And that's the story of Jacob and Esau. It started with a promise from the Lord, and it ended with the younger triumphing over the younger. We're going to hear this underdog story in just a moment, but then after the program, I want to encourage you to partner with us, help us to keep sharing the great story that's all about Jesus. And as my thanks for your gift to the ministry, I want to send you the new movie called American Underdog. It's the true life story of Christian football player Kurt Warner. Uh, you're not going to like this, but you're the third oldest quarterback to ever play in the Super Bowl. How does that make you feel? <laughs> you know, I just, you know, everybody's going to be tired of hearing this, but I never get tired of saying it. There's one reason that I'm standing up on this stage today. That's because of my Lord up above. I got to say thanks to Jesus. You knew I was going to do it, but I got to do it. And secondly, I just say thanks to all of you guys. When nobody else believed in us, when nobody else believed in me, you guys did, and we're going to the Super Bowl! Whether you like and follow football or not, this compelling and heartwarming story will remind you of how the Lord can use all sorts of underdogs for his glory. Maybe even you, maybe even me. Our number to call after the program is 800 65 Haven, 800 65 Haven. Or go online, watch the trailer, watch the excerpt for the movie, and then make your gift when you visit us at haventoday.org. That's haventoday.org. And now let's open with a song about the prodigal, a song called Run to the Father. I've carried a burden for too long on my I wasn't created to bear it alone. I hear your invitation to let it all go. I see it now. I'm laying it down. I know that I need you. I've I can't comprehend All I know is I 
Matt Mayer, Run to the Father, Haven Today, Nobody Wins Alone. I'm Charles Morris. Thanks so much for joining me on this program here on a Thursday. Anyone familiar with the Old Testament or the Hebrew Bible knows that God is consistently called by a certain name, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. These three were the founders of the nation of Israel, as we read about it in the Bible. Abraham was called from an idolatrous life. He was a moon worshiper in Ur, modern-day Iraq, and he was led to the land of Canaan, the promised land. And it was there that the Lord gave him another promise. Through your seed will my people be called. His son would become a great nation. And that promise was not answered for a very long time. Sarah was as good as dead, Abraham too. But the Lord brought life out of Sarah's barren womb. Isaac was born, and the Lord chose him over Ishmael. Ishmael was also Abraham's son, but not by Sarah. He said Isaac was the promised one, the one who would inherit the promises. Isaac married Rebekah. And Rebekah became pregnant. And here is where the Old Testament prodigal story begins. Listen to the first part from Genesis 25. Isaac prayed to the Lord on behalf of his wife because she was childless. The Lord answered his prayer, and his wife Rebekah became pregnant. The babies jostled each other within her, and she said, Why is this happening to me? So she went to inquire of the Lord, and the Lord said to her, Two nations are in your womb. Two peoples from within you will be separated. One people will be stronger than the other, and the older will serve the younger. Two nations in her womb, we were told. We know now it was the nation of Edom and the nation of Israel. Esau is described as red and with a lot of hair, Edom sounds like the Hebrew word for red. Jacob is named Israel after he wrestles with the Lord for a night. And here are these two brothers representing two nations. The promise is astounding. The older would serve the younger. That's the promise that the Lord gave to Rebekah before she gave birth to these twins. We hear it today. Might just roll off your back. Younger siblings, sometimes more successful than older siblings. So what's the big deal? But if we remember how important the firstborn was back in those days, this promise was groundbreaking. What do you mean? The older will serve the younger. What about the right of the firstborn? But that was the Lord's promise. And that was how the Lord moved through the Bible. His eye was on the least not the most important. In a traditional family, the younger son would have been destined to serve his older brother. Not so with the Lord. He undoes that system. He chooses the younger. The older would serve the younger. Esau would serve Jacob. That was the promise, and the way it comes about is much different than you might expect. So here's the rest of the story. The boys grew up. Esau became a skillful hunter, a man of the open country. Jacob was content to stay at home among the tents. Isaac, who had a taste for wild game, loved Esau. But Rebekah 
loved Jacob. Once, when Jacob was cooking some stew, Esau came in from the open country famished. He said to Jacob, Quick, let me have some of that red stew. I'm famished. This is why he was also called Edom. Jacob replied, First, sell me your birthright. Look, I'm about to die, Esau said. What good is the birthright to me? But Jacob said, Swear to me first. So he swore an oath to him, selling his birthright to Jacob. And then Jacob gave Esau some bread and some lentil stew. He ate and he drank, and then he got up and left. And then after that, a critical line in the text. So Esau despised his birthright. When the Lord promised Rebekah that the older would serve the younger, we might have expected that to mean Esau was going to do something to lose the blessing of his father. Instead, what happened is Jacob contrived a way to take the birthright away from his older brother. Did you notice how the two boys are described? Esau, a typical man's man, a hunter, probably a big, burly we know Harry, man who could go out and get his own food. And Jacob, well, I'll just describe him as a mama's boy. He was probably smaller, maybe weaker, maybe smooth arms. But Jacob was apparently a good cook. And if you know Hebrew, there's a little play on words when it comes to the stew. Esau asks for the red stew. But in Hebrew, he simply calls it red, red, literally. Jacob used red lentils to make the stew. It looked like maybe a meat chili that we would see today, but it was only lentils. And this is why Esau would later say Jacob tricked him and tricked his way into the birthright. Esau was so hungry, he let his eyes be deceived. But that isn't even the main point of the story. Esau despised his birthright. That's the story. The birthright entitled him to Isaac's estate. Esau was in line to be the father of the promised people, but he valued that so little, he was willing to trade it for a hot meal and some bread. The promise that the older would serve the younger was fulfilled when Jacob played a trick, and Esau despised what was rightfully his. Now, you might read this as being unfair. Esau shouldn't have been treated like that. But how often do we trade our closeness with the Lord for the temporary pleasures of sin? We know what it's like to be Esau, to despise the gift of the gospel in a moment when we would prefer to just go and do our own thing. Yet the Lord extends grace to us. He doesn't trick us with a meal like Jacob did. He serves us his grace in the body and blood of Jesus. Jesus, our older brother, as Hebrews says, yet he serves us. He goes out of his way to live and die in our place so that we can enjoy all the richness of his blessings and promises for us. He simply calls us to have faith and to trust in him. Christ serves us, and he calls us to a life of love in service of others. 
a version of this recently, but this is the original version by the one who wrote the song, Graham Kendrick, The Servant King, from his very best album here in a haven today called Nobody Wins Alone. Don't you just love true stories? Especially the ones about Christians who live their lives for the Lord through the highs as well as the lows of this life. And when you watch the new film called American Underdog, you'll see how real the true story of Kurt Warner is. This family film shows him going from stocking shelves at a supermarket to becoming a two-time NFL MVP Super Bowl champ. And when Kurt was out promoting the movie with his wife Brenda, she shared how God was with them even when life was very, very hard. I hope that people will relate to that because life is hard and you referenced it. Like it doesn't go the way that, at least mine hasn't gone the way that I asked God for it to go. Um, And it hasn't been easy. Um, I've earned my wrinkles and my gray hair. You know, Um, life isn't easy, but it's what are you gonna do about it then? And that is your true character. Um, I. So many times we'll have friends in my life or even my kids and and I say, why do you believe what you believe? That's when you find out what you really believe when things are so hard and painful and you know, you're just like, are you there? Are you there? Um, What are you gonna do about it then? And I'm glad that, that you picked up on that because it's important. It's an important story for people because they can relate. That's Brenda Warner talking with Risen Magazine about how the Lord saw them through the hard times of their lives. Times when Kurt was getting cut from teams, when he had to work at a grocery store to support his family. And ultimately, American Underdog is a family film. It's full of faith. And yes, some football too, that will remind you that life is all about bringing glory to God rather than to ourselves. I want to send you the DVD, American Underdog, for your gifts of support to Haven Today. Our number to call right now is 800-65-HAVEN, 800-65-HAVEN. Or go online, watch the trailer and a clip from the movie. You can make your gift when you visit haventoday.org, haventoday.org. I'm Charles Morris. Thanks so much for joining me. Won't you come back again tomorrow when again we'll share together this great story. It's all about Jesus here on Haven Today. Here for your encouragement and your walk with Jesus, I'm Charles Morris with Haven Ministries inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. Did hide-and-seek ever frustrate you as a kid? Hiding was fine, but being the seeker was a different story. And did you ever play it in the dark? Sometimes it seemed like you would never find your friends. We all grow out of that game, but we never grow out of seeking. We seek a spouse, a degree, a job. We search after good health and deep friendships. But no matter how many things we seek on earth, there's something better. Or should I say someone better? Remember what Paul said in Colossians 3? Since then you have been raised with Christ, set your hearts on things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Seek Him. 
Anchor Devotional is available in print monthly. Visit GetAnchor.com.